Matt Rouse. He just doesn't look old. Blessed Hope, okay. Blessed Hope, that's kind of huge. <coughs> yeah, he is. I remember when uh, Sharouse was in my house down in, uh, Matt was north for, uh, down in uh, uh, Pensacola when I was down there. And he came in, and him and, uh, he was a young boy. I can't believe, I can't remember where it was, but he came in anyways. Was it down in Pensacola? Yeah, and, and uh, so I was telling the story, and uh, one of my Navy stories, and you know how it is. But anyways, he, uh, he came back in my house here uh, years and years later. He was on debutation. And he goes, Brother Mike, can you tell me that story? And he re reiterated that story almost to a T uh, about the shark on the side of the He goes, I said, yeah, man, that was cool. That was a cool. And, and uh, you sit there and think you, you're sometimes, take your Bibles, take your Bibles. <clears throat> here in the last month or so, uh, starting January, I started reading my Bible twice, uh, four times a year. Brother, I'll tell you what, it'll mess your head up if, if, you, if you don't believe it. Try it. Uh, <clears throat> Dr. Sam Gipp reads his 10 a year, and I had some people say some stuff. My wife started reading her Bible uh, because Dr. Sam Gipp mentioned uh, that you ought to read your Bible once a year, and she started doing it. Uh, no matter what you say, there's men and women out there that have some examples that we should follow. But uh, like he said there, man, he's, uh, I like the way he ended that thing. He goes, we, we now have a translation of the King James uh, in Portuguese, hence... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Me, no, wait a I want to thank you, brethren, for supporting the ministry here in uh, Minas Gretas, Gretas, Gratas, Brazil. Only eternity will show how many, uh, how much my family and I have been blessed by this ministry. We actually wait, are meeting together with you in the clouds. And, and uh, I really can't tell you there's a future for anyone in this room. I wouldn't even begin to tell you you have a future here. I'll tell you that every day you ought to wake up looking for those clouds. And every day your mind should be set on that, the Lord coming back. And what you do during that day should be in perspective of what that day is going to be. And you never know when that day is going to be. Luke 19.11, that's where I finished my reading up today. New, uh, <clears throat> 19.11, it says, and uh, verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. My favorite verse in the whole Bible is Matthew 18.11. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek that which was lost. It's missing out all your new versions. <clears throat> Here's the verse, exact same verse as that is over there. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Verse 11. And as they heard these things, he uh, added and spake a parable. Because he was not, now it's a parable. Now he was not to Jerusalem. And because uh, they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And it may, it may not. It didn't. It hadn't for 2,000 years. Uh, and he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Uh, thank you for Brother Matt, uh, Shiraz, Lord, and the many years he's, he's been down. And what a perfect man, Lord, for that job. You couldn't have got a, a better man. Lord, uh, thank you for his family. Good testimony there, Lord. Uh, him and his kids, his wife, they're just such a blessing. Eight kids, Lord, what a blessing. Uh, maybe we should have kept on going. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, five, five is what we got, and uh, some grandkids and, and husbands and wives and all, everything else. Lord, it's a blessing. Uh, but, Lord, I do pray that you put your hand upon Brother Matt and just bless him now and use him. Lord, bless the message tonight. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you never know when the Lord's coming back. Uh, I'm telling you what, brother, it could be any moment. It could be any moment of your life. And, and if I was going to tell somebody that what I could teach you is that you better get ready. 
And you better actively be getting ready every day of your life. We got camp on once a year. I, I started thinking about that back in January. And, and uh, so you take one week out of the year, that's 52 weeks. Now you got 51 weeks. What are you doing in the other 51 weeks? Okay, so you say, well, we got a meeting in January. We had Brother Spurgeon and, and Brother Taylor in here in January. We're going to have Brother <clears throat> Dr. Peacock in. Then we're going to have Brother Sam Gipp. And then we're going to have another uh, meeting, Brother Reagan and Brother Pilkington. And Spur that's four more weeks. Now you're down to... Uh, 47 weeks. What are you doing? What are we doing in the next 47 weeks? What, what are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ in 47 weeks? He said right here, he delivered, he, he called 10 of his servants. Now, when I got saved, guess what that made me? A servant of Jesus Christ. The hardest thing you'll ever learn is to be a servant. I'll tell you, that's the hardest thing. Uh, this world is built in such a way that it'll attract everybody. Uh, it attracts them all over the place, man. They're everywhere. Uh, I tell you what I do. I, I'm going to say this about, and it's not political at all. But I thought it was funny. Uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, uh, is laughing right now because Biden uh, found a bunch of stuff. They found a bunch of uh, documents in his house, classified documents. Then Pence found a bunch of them in his house. They found some in his, or some amount. Uh, here's a man they've been after. The news media have been after. You can't believe nothing you hear on the news media. Nothing you see in this world can you believe. You can't believe a thing. Here's a man that sit there, and for years, ever since he's been out of office, they've been trying to tear that guy down. And that guy's got enough character, man. I like, I like a guy with character. That guy's got some character. And he's been nailed by everything on this planet that you can nail him with. And he just sits there and smiles. Smile and wave, boys. Just smile and wave. And now, now they said that uh, all the polls show him so far ahead of everybody right now for president in 2024. I don't know if he's going to be. I don't even know if he'll be here in 2024. But that guy hung out, man. He hung out and didn't quit. And today, he, Pence was out after him. And he goes, what are y'all after Pence for, man? He said, that guy's never done nothing wrong. <laughs> he goes, he, he doesn't even know what wrong is, man. And I mean, that's, that's a man given a, he was his vice president. He knows the, guy, the guy's name. But he says, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to read for, you know what? God, Bob Jones Jr. said this. The greatest ability is dependability. You know what God's looking for is dependability. He's looking for somebody who's dependable. Somebody who, who is dependable to him, not to anybody else. To him, just him. Uh, if, if you're going to get this thing in life, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the next 47 weeks that we have to deal with something. You've got to deal with something. Uh, I thank God for his jails. we got some men who go to the jails. So they got things in their life on a, on a regular basis that they're doing. What about the rest of us? What are you doing? What are you doing the next 47 weeks? You're going to be held accountable for what you're doing those 47 weeks. We better do something. I like this, man. Bob Jones said, the, the greatest ability is dependability. Another man said this, a man under pressure reveals his true character. The more pressure the Lord puts on you, the more you, I can't, I can't, I can't, I ain't got. You know what this world will do? It'll set you up to do everything in this world, but what God wants us to do, and what he wants us to do is be a servant. Period. I did not get saved to make money in this world. I did not get saved for that. Nor did you. I did not get saved to go into this world and disappear. I did not get saved. Now, some people do that. I'm telling you, they go in the world, they, they do exactly what the Lord wants them to do. I'm not saying you can't do that. I did not get saved for that. I got saved because my master came into the world. He died on the cross, shed his blood at Calvary, and, oh, man. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Chance or opportunity. Do you know what the, the blessings that he gave you? If you're sitting in this room right now and you're saved, he gave you one of the greatest opportunities that exists on this planet. 
And what you do with that opportunity, he gave every single one of these men the exact same thing. What we do with that opportunity determines what we're going to do for him. He is coming back. Uh, for people to think he's not coming back, that's shallow. That's shallow. Uh, my morning I wake up, uh, you say, well, you're working on this. Yeah, man, but I may never get finished with some of the stuff I'm doing. And he's going to come back. My mind all day long is he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. I know he's coming back. When's he coming back? You know what I did this morning? I got up this morning about 6 o'clock, got my snow blower up, <laughs> cleaned my driveway off. You say, why would you do that if he's coming back? Well, because I got to get out of the driveway. <clears throat> I cleaned it all off. Esther comes out. Thought she was going to help me. No, she jumps in her car and drives away on my nice, clean driveway. What a daughter. And he called his ten servants. Are you a servant tonight? Is that what we, we claim to be that? We say that's what we are. And our actions would dictate that. But you're a servant 52 weeks out of the year. I mean, the Lord's really been dealing with me on some stuff. I'm reading through, like I said, my Bible. And I come through. The last object, the last object that they made when, they, they, when the Lord told them to make the tabernacle was the altar of incense, the prayer altar. And that thing right there, you know what God says, get everything in order, and when you make this last thing, that's when I'm going to show up. If you're not going to make everything else, he won't show up to the last. I got one more room back here I'm working on. Hopefully I'll get done by next week. It's a nursery. You know, I should have a nice nursery when we're done. But I said, that's it, Lord. I said, that's it. That's it. I've done what I told you I, told you I would do 15 years ago. I'm done. I'm done. Now, there may be a little bit of trim here and there and all that other stuff, but as a whole, as a whole, the thing is done. I did what you, you know what he's looking for? Somebody who's dependable. And not to quit, not to quit. And to know, number one, what he wants, not to somebody else. Being dependable to somebody else is a waste of time. Being dependable to him is, is eternal. I'm telling you, it's eternal. I like it. I like it. It's a chance or opportunity. He called his 10 servants. He listed out. He picked 10 of them out. He could have picked, there's hundreds of them out there. He picked these 10 out, and he brought them up. Man, I, I thank God. I said, man, I saw Brother David a few minutes ago. I said, I remember, uh, you know how you learn how to trust God is I'm sitting down the road. Man, he was just sitting there talking. I said, I, I tried three times getting the Navy, and I couldn't because his finger. I just okay, I'm done. I said, at the road, I just get saved. Sit at the road one day, red light, take my wife to that red light. And I'm sitting there at that red light, and I looked over, and there was a Navy recruiter driver sitting in that thing. I did not know who I was talking about. didn't even know who I was talking to. But in that truck, I'm sitting there carrying on a conversation with me, myself, and him. People probably thought, I'm singing a song on the radio. Had nothing to do with the radio. I kept, they're not going to take me. They're not going to take me. They're not going to take me. Go over there. They're not going to take me. I tell you, that I've done tried three times. What part of the three times did you not hear? They're not going to take me. So what I do, I go over there. <clears throat> I drive a couple blocks down the road, go in the parking lot, go over there, and they take me in. That was a start of trusting Jesus Christ. You got to get to the place. That didn't mean right there I was going to trust him for the rest of my life. No, that means now all of a sudden I realized, man, he did that there. And the next thing pops up, he goes, he'll do that. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And he does that. And I'm like, okay, I trust him there. And he does it. And pretty soon you get down the road somewhere and you just trust him. You can trust him with everything you've got. You know what Brother Matt did? He trusted him with everything he's got. Amen. And that young man is sitting on a field today. You say, what was it? God trained him. The guy knew Portuguese. He knew Spanish. Uh, he knew German. And he knew English. When he got off the plane in Brazil, that's the four fluent languages in the area he was at. He could talk to people right then and there and start winning to Christ. You say, what is that? That's the hand of God. You know what Matt was? He was ready to go. I mean, his dad already trained him what to do. Uh, Matt didn't care about what was going on on this planet. You know what Matt cared about? Souls. That's where he's at today. You say, well, Matt, yeah, he's just a human. He's a man. He's, you get around him. You get around. I've been around Dr. Ruttman. 
If you're going to pick a man out and start looking at their faults and their failures, uh, you're going to soon go off. The, but look at his, his victories. Look at, look at the things that that... I tell you what, I've never seen a man stand on the side. Of, we're going to start street preaching this year. Amen. We're going to get back into visitation this year. I was talking to one of the brothers here today, and he goes, yeah, there's a couple of other people. You know what we did? I uh, started working on stuff. We kind of put that stuff off the wayside. No, for 48 more weeks, we got to do something. Brethren, you can't just say, I do this, and that's all I'm going to do. You can't do it. The, the ministry is Anchor Baptist Church. It's nothing else and the outreach we have. Now, all the stuff we do coming out of this and go beyond that, yeah, that's all there. But you can't say, well, I do this, and I've got, I've got these other things to do. It doesn't happen, brother. Now you say, why? The commission. He sits there, and he goes, and he gave his, and he delivered unto them 10 pounds. You were delivered something. I don't know about you, but I was. I got salvation in 1980. Amen. I got it from a man that was at Calvary that shed his blood and told me exactly what he did. And I didn't fully understand that day what I got. 43 years later, I know what I got. I'm going to say something here in a few minutes, man. It just blew me away the other day. I was sitting there uh, at, at the VA. VA is a great place. I was telling Mike about it today. He said he delivered unto them 10 pounds. You had been delivered something. He equally gave the 10 men equal things. So it doesn't matter about your brains. It doesn't matter about how sharp you are. It doesn't matter how dumb you are. He gave each one of them the exact same thing. And each one of them could do something with what he gave them. The possibilities of doing what he wanted done was more than adequate for what he gave them. The ten men, now, if we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, he's all-powerful, all-knowing. So he could have picked one out of the ten if that was a real story, but it's a parable. If it was a real story, he could have said, I know exactly what this one's going to do. I'm not going to give him. That would be the Calvinist thing. I'm not going to give him a pound. No, he gives you the opportunity still. That's what he does. I like Job. I just got through Job, man. And, and he goes, he goes, you put a hedge around Job. Take the hedge around and, and see what he'll curse you to his face, to your face. He said, okay, you got it. Well, I can't wait to get to heaven to meet Job. Man, I'm telling you, I can't wait to get there to meet him. <laughs> he is one of my heroes, man. I mean, he is. He let God take everything. And he said, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you do that same thing? That's some character there, man. That guy's got some character. It's a commission. He said, and he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds. He gave them something. It's a commission. Then there's a charge. And he, that's to impose a task or a responsibility on. It wasn't that I just gave you something. There's more than that. It's something more than that. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. Occupying is one of the craziest things. It means to take up space. We're good at that. We just take up space. A lot of people just take up space in the same space. They never move from the space they're in. You need to get out of that space. Uh, you need to take or hold a, a possession of. You need to fight for, for grabbing something. You need, it's a fight. It's a constant fight. Christianity is not for sissies. I'm telling you, it's not. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. If you think it's anything other than that, you've missed the picture. It's a fight. It's a fight. And you're in it. MacArthur, MacArthur when he left the Philippines, uh, the Japanese had a better foothold than he could get, and they run him off. And he goes to Australia, he says, I will return. He did. Uh, and he occupied. We've been there ever, ever since. MacArthur did it. Other men do the same thing. To fulfill, occupy, to fulfill or perform the function of. Another one is to reside as the owner or tenant. But here's the number one, number one uh, definition. But, uh, is to engage the intention and energies of. Brethren, we have been called to do something that's so far above what this world has to offer. Right. We, we settle for chump change. 
when the Lord has given us something much greater to, in this world. And, and it was done by him. He gave each one of us 10 pounds, one pound. He gave me something, to, he gave me something in 1980 on a back porch. He gave me something. Didn't know what he gave me. I've been working with that thing for, for 43 years, and I'm still trying to work with it. I still don't know exactly what it is. Here's Satan's philosophy. Live as you please. That's what the world does. I can do whatever I want. Sure, we can do whatever we want. As a Christian, we can do whatever we want. That's easy to do. You can have what you want. Go for it, man. It's out there. You can have everything you want. I'm telling you, you can have it all. It's there. But when you lay in a casket, and they, that's the end of your body right there, this clothes you wear, they say, I don't know if this is true. I never really want to check it out. They say if you raise the bottom end up, they don't have no clothes on. They only put the top part of it. Uh, is that true? I have no idea. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. But, but if that's the case, you don't even take the clothes with you. The casket goes in the ground. Your body goes in the ground, and you head out. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You go away. We just fly away, man. I don't have nothing. You, have, you can have what you want. Here's the next one. It's your life. You can have, you got a right to live. You do. You can do whatever you want. Now, the, here's the servant side of that thing. A Christian's philosophy should be this, self-denial. Now, to be, Jesus Christ did that. He was the son of God. He's God manifest in flesh. What could he have brought down here with him? He didn't. You know what he did? He came down here for a length of time to get out of here. His, this, this world was not his home, nor is it mine. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. He knew exactly where he was from, exactly where he was going, and he was ready to go. He didn't like maybe the way he went in the flesh, but he still went that way. Uh, you can use self-denial, self-control, self-restraint. I'm going to buzz through a couple of these things. Uh, use, use what is given you. Now, the Lord gave you the ability to take that talent, that pound, and make something with it. He would not have given those ten servants the pound if they could not do something with what he gave them. He would not have done it. So those ten men had, you could say today, ladies. I could throw anybody in there. He, kids, if he gave you something, if he gave you salvation, he gave you something. Use what was given to you. We use the church. Church is sitting here. You got tracks out there. You got everything out there. Your time. I got this little note here. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. You're not guaranteed nothing tomorrow. Today is the only cash you have. Spend it wisely. I have a day to use what I'm going to use in. And that's it. That's all I got. I like that stuff. The clock, I like this. I've got this in several of my messages. The clock is, of life is wound but once. And no man hath the power. To say just when, the hand will stop at late or early hour. Now is the only time we own uh, to do his precious will. Do not wait until tomorrow, for the clock may then stand still. What are you doing with the other 48 weeks? Brother, I know we do a lot of stuff for camp. Camp is only one week. What are we doing with the other 48 weeks? Or 47? What are we doing with them? We say, well, we're getting ready for meetings. Ah, let's say I'll give you another five weeks. What are we doing with the 42 weeks that's left? You say, well... Oh, I got to do, I got to, you, you got to what? This isn't real. I'm not chiding anyone. I'm not chiding you. I'm just telling you, brother, we, I think he's coming back. Amen. And I, I got four grandkids. I don't think a single one of them is going to have the opportunities I had in life. You say, what is it? I think the Lord's coming back. Now, I could be totally wrong. But at the way everything is going, at the rate it's going, and the, 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 you better spend every moment you got like he's coming back tomorrow or today. Or you're going you're gonna to be sadly re regressed. What are you going to do? You're going to read your Bible? Yep, I've talked about that before, told you about that. You've got to understand what prayer is. I've got some prayer books. i got a bunch of them. Uh, i got about seven or eight of those uh, uh, complete works of Ian Bounds coming in. 
and I want to give them out, but I only want to give them out to somebody who's going to read the book, number one, and, and do what that book says. So if you come to me and you want one of these books, I'll give you one if you promise me you'll read that book and you'll do what that book says. Because that is what's going to change our lives. That is, that is the only thing going to change our lives. This world, the devil's, you cannot beat him. You cannot beat him. It's, it's over. But what you can do is you can pray to the Lord, and the Lord can open your eyeballs up to something. Realize prayer works. It works, man. I, I, have you ever just said something off the cuff and it happens? I remember I did that loss with a car. I mean, my engine was getting ready to blow up. Man. I was getting ready to get off. Of, for, I could still see it, man, lost. I said, boy, I wish somebody hit this thing and totaled my car out. And within probably 30, 40 seconds, somebody hit my car and totaled it out. It wasn't my fault. And, I mean, the guy had a real nice, I mean, real nice GTO or something like that, just out of the body shop. I mean, it was pristine. And the whole front end was smashed off. And, and my car, I got it totaled out, and they gave me a new car. I said, man, this is cool. I just remember I was lost. He said, what was that? I asked the Lord for something. He gave it to me. He said, would he give that to the lost man? Sure he would. He does all kinds of crazy stuff, man. I watched him do some of the weirdest stuff you ever seen. Remember what you're here for. Timothy, 1 Timothy, says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. You've you got to obey them and have the rule. If you're not going to obey the, the magistrates and the governors and all this other stuff, brother, you're rebelling against God. That's exactly what it says. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Outside of that, you've got to keep your mind who you are and what you're here for. He told Peter one time, he said, Peter goes, hey, they came and said, oh, don't you pay your taxes? He said, sure, go throw a hook in. He didn't even say anything about bait, man. He said, go throw the hook in. First fish you pull out of water. Open his mouth, get enough money out of there for me and you. It's my fish bank account. And he goes, take it over and pay the taxes for you and me. He paid both of them. Jesus paid his taxes. I think we should too. Uh, your abilities. In order to succeed, your desires for success should be greater than your fear of failure. I don't care if I fail, man. I like Edison. I've heard all kinds of different ways they say it. One guy said 10,000. Edison said he, he didn't find 2,000 ways not to make a light bulb. He found 2,000. Or he, he didn't fail 2,000 times making a light bulb. He found 2,000 ways not to make a light bulb. The 2,000th one, I heard a guy say here recently, is 10,000. I don't know if it's 10,000, 2,000, whatever it was. You, you can't trust anything you read outside of the Bible anyways. So who cares? Uh, Luke, Luke 19.1. Zacchaeus. Man, that's my, I, I love that story. Here's a little bitty guy. Here's all these big guys around him. Little bitty guy. Now he's a little bitty rich guy, but he's a little guy. Nobody likes him. He's a tax collector. Nobody, everybody hates him. <clears throat> he's running through the crowd, man. He's trying to see through the camp, man, all these big giants all around him. And he runs down, and he knows where the sycamore tree is. And he says, man, if I can just get to that sycamore tree and climb up that tree, and when Jesus comes by, I can just look down and see him. That's all he wanted to do was see him. He didn't want nothing. He just wanted to see Jesus. You know what our problem is? That we've lost that desire just to see Jesus. That's all I want to do is just see Jesus. I'm going to say something here in just a second, man. I'm getting, I'm getting right to it. That little guy got up in there, and he sees him. And lo and behold, the Lord walks down. And I don't know about you. I've walked on a lot of trees. And all the time, you don't sky up and look at the sky looking all through the trees. It's not like that. But Jesus did. He knew right where Zacchaeus was. He already knew where he was going to be. He went that way knowing Zacchaeus was going to be in that tree. He said, come on down, man. I'm going to have lunch with you today. Everybody gets mad at him. The guy gets his heart right and starts serving Jesus Christ. You know what he did? He gave him a talent. He gave him a, a pound. He said, Zacchaeus, what are you going to do with the pound I gave you? That's, that's a little story of Zacchaeus. Now, let's see if I can get to the storyline. Your gift. 1913, Luke 1913 says, And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds, 
and said unto them, Occupy. You're supposed to occupy. You're not supposed to get tied in. At any given moment, you could be called out of here. I had a friend, uh, Mike, Mike uh, Dobbins. He's over in Zambia. He called me the other day, and as soon as the phone rang, I picked it up. I said, man, that's, that's James Dobbins. I know who that is. I, hey, brother, how you doing? And he goes, I didn't expect you to answer the phone. I said, well, you're on one of the lists. You got to, you're on my list of people that I would answer real quick. And he's sick, and he's got a cold. He probably gave me this one over the phone. I don't know. I mean, it's amazing how things happen. Uh, but he's having a blessing. He sent me a thing I'm going to show Sunday morning, but he couldn't come up here. He's getting ready to hand back. And you know what he wants to do? Go back to Zambia. I remember Mike when we went to school down there. That guy worked with black guys all, all his life. He worked with them in Arkansas. He worked with them in Pensacola. He went in areas in Pensacola that most people would never go in uh, while he was going to school the whole time. Never quit. Never quit. Now he's over there. You want, you want God to use you? You got to be consistent about what you're doing. Amen. You know what Mike did for the 52 weeks out of the year? He served Jesus Christ. You know how I love Dr. Roman? He served Jesus Christ 52, years out of, 52 weeks out of the year. Every week, you know where I could expect him during street preaching? In a, in a room, getting told what corner to go street preaching on and going. You know where his wife was? She was out street preaching too. But she wasn't street preaching. She'd stand on the corner. <clears throat> Me and uh, Richard Barnett went out street preaching one day. And, and I remember Mrs. Ruckman came. I mean, Richard and me, we were given a corner. We went to the corner. And we sit there. Why, why those two ladies decided those corners, I don't know. They got on the other two opposite corners. They pulled their car in, and uh, Mrs. Donovan and Mrs. Ruckman got on both of those corners, just held silent, ladies in dresses, out there in the middle of hot summer, uh, being a testimony for Jesus Christ. That's exactly what they were, uh, two nice-looking ladies of their age. I mean, all that stuff was sitting there. Me and Richard sit over and re-preached for an hour, and when we got done preaching, they packed their stuff up and never said a word to us and got in their car and drove off. You say, what was that? That was a testimony. I mean, not only did Dr. Rutman and Brother Donovan do it, but their wives did it. That was a testimony. You say, well, I know, I know these people. They, yeah, but I'm telling you what, if you get by all the other garbage and throw that stuff out and you just look at their testimony, they love Jesus Christ. They were trying to win something for him. Brother Dobbins, I was talking to him. I said, brother, I said, I really I, I, I pity. I mean, I don't pity. I, I'm, I now understand a whole bunch more stuff. And I said, Brother Donovan just goes through all kinds of stuff. He said, brother, you don't even know half of it. And I said, yeah, there's no way I could know because I'm not there. But what that man has to put up with on a daily basis, unbelievable. And he still does it. He's, 50, he's 69 years old, 68 years old. I'm 65. He's got me about three or four years. Uh, I don't know if I'd want the load he's got. But you know what? The Lord never gave me that. That wasn't the pound the Lord gave me. This right here is the pound. You know what? I'm more my pound is you guys. This is, this is what he's given me to do, man. I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm like, Lord, I'm ready, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. Increase your assets, Luke 19.15. And it came to pass when he was returned. He's coming back. Now, you can say, we can say anything we want to do. That's, that's personal deception. He is coming back. Exactly when he's coming back? I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. I don't know. He said you're always supposed to be ready at any moment for him to come back. I told Beth, I said, hey, she's right there. I'm... If the Lord, I got this one room to finish. If I finish that room, the Lord says, get up and get out of here, and I want you to become a missionary, go over and help Mike and Zambia. You know what Mike's looking for? He's looking for somebody to help him. <clears throat> he said, there's this Navy guy down there. I said, oh, brother, man. He goes, Mike, he goes, he said, that guy probably will not be able to work with me, and I probably won't be able to work with him. He goes, I am really trying my hardest. Mike Dobbins, man. I mean, Mike Dobbins is like the sweetest guy you ever met in your whole life. Or at least you think that. Until you get on the field with him, and, and he gets where he's doing what the Lord told him to do, and the guy becomes a tiger. That's, that's what God gave him. 
You know what he does? Mike Dobbin, oh, he's a blessing, man. Me and him sit there and talk back. <coughs> Jerry was asking me some questions when the phone rang. And uh, I just blew Jerry off and walked away. He's like, who is that? And that was Mike Dobbins, man. That's one of my classmates, man. He, that's a guy out there still doing something for Jesus Christ. I said, brother, what can I do for you? He said, Mike, you've already done it. He said, you guys have been there all the years, and you're still doing exactly what you always have been doing. And he goes, you're just an encouragement to me. I said, well, brother, I use you all the time. I said, I use your examples all the time about how the Lord used you to do this, and you're still doing exactly what he told you to do all these years later. You know what you got to do? You got to increase your assets. You know what Mike Dobbins is doing? He's increasing. You know what Matt Shrouse is doing? He's increasing his assets. <clears throat> the checks and balances, he's throwing away the stuff that don't matter. He's increasing his balance. You need some stuff to do the job. I got that, man. I got that. But you don't need that. Be ready for the nobleman's return. Are you ready? I like Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time is now, that, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation near. Oh, brother, it's close. Uh, the Pope, Pope Francis came out. Beth was reading me the article. I don't know if it's true or false. It could be. But anyways, he said that we need to, <clears throat> the laws, the laws. Now, the laws have been changed in homosexuality. Uh, need, we need to quit that and let them back in the church. Eh, wrong answer, minus five. Ain't going to happen here. Steve just made me, a, he made me a little sign to go on the handicapped bathroom back there. I said, that is not a transgender bathroom. I said, if you bring me a sign, Steve, and it costs 40 bucks, and if it has anything on there like that, I said, you're going to eat that sign. He didn't. It has a man and a woman, I think maybe a child, and then a, a, a handicapped guy in a wheelchair. You say, what is that? Well, that's, that's first of all, he going, oh, homosexuality is still a sin, but since the law, I don't care what the government says. When it comes to that, I've got a Bible. My Bible usurps the authority of anything on this planet. And guess what? You may be called on the carpet one of these days with this thing right here. And when it is, you may have to stand for this thing right here. And when you stand for this thing right here, it might actually cost you something. And there won't be no way out of it except to cower out of it and back down and not do it. I like this book, man. I've sat down and prayed. I like praying, man. I said, Lord, I done screwed up. He goes, yeah, you done did it. <laughs> what do I do? He goes, oh, I'm glad you asked. He said, let me show you what you need to do. He goes, I told you not to do this and this and this, and you did it. Now to get out of that, you got to do this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, hey, man, it's okay. I don't really care. I really don't, man. When it comes right down to Jesus Christ, I don't really care. Brother, I don't know about you, but what he's done for me is he gave me eternal life, and I get to be with him for all eternity in a place out there that will never be no more problems. And I'm telling you, if you can't love him for that, you got a problem. I can't tell you what's going to happen to my grandkids. There's no possible way anybody can. I know he already knows what he's going to do. I just trust him. I know, I know, I read the verses today, man. My favorite verse in the Bible now is as it was in the days of Noah. <laughs> I mean, he got on that ark and killed everybody. That's my God. You say, man, that's awful mean. No, that's God. He's always right. Is he always right? Everybody else was just wrong. I can't help but they were wrong. It wasn't, I tell you what, if I was there with Noah, I think I'd have got on that ark, man. I, I just don't know how to do it. I'm ready for his return. He goes, for now is our salvation near. It's nearer than it was in Paul's day. You ever read your Bible? Paul's by himself at the very end of this thing. He's alone. There's nobody else with him. You know one thing you know about Paul? He's got a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
He, he knows how to talk to him, and he's willing to take whatever comes his way for the cause of Christ. Always willing to take it. Always. He takes it. This is it. This is it. This stuff in this world, I mean, brethren, it's, it's a danger. It's just a danger. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us, why would Paul say that 2,000 years ago? The day is at hand. Wow, man, it's like he's thinking it's coming back there every day. That's why he did, that's why you got 14 New Testament books by him. Because you know what that guy was doing? He, he was writing books. You say, why would he write books if he thought it was going to happen right then? Because he didn't know. But you know what he did? He kept that thing in his mind. Be ready. <coughs> Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in righteous and drunkenness, not in chamberlain, not in wantonness, not in strife or in envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's a dangerous thing you'll ever do in your life right there. I, I know that's a dangerous thing you'll ever do in your life. You got to constantly, the flesh is always wanting. It's wanting, it's wanting. I don't care what you have. I don't care if you, if, if you can get stuff bad and keep Jesus Christ. I tell you what, for 43 years, I've kept Jesus Christ right on the forefront, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've messed up. I've messed up. If you've been around me at all, you'll know that, hey, man, you mess up here. Sure, you can pick up the mess-ups in anybody's life. 43 years later, I'm still serving him, and I'm still his. And I'm still willing to do whatever he says do at a drop of a, of a drop in a bucket, or what a drop of a whatever, hat. The chickens come home to roost. We sit back there and say, what is that? I was saying something comes home to roost. It's chickens. Increase your assets. Be ready for the nobleman's return. Uh, and then verse 16 says, then came the first. He came the first and he gave him, and he goes, that, that pound has gained 10 pounds. <clears throat> Each person is different. They're given talents. But I tell you what, the, the master here is not looking for just money. Jesus Christ is giving this parable that he's going to require us something more than just funds and money and earthly things. He don't care about earthly things. Earthly things mean nothing to him. They mean nothing. Zero. Nothing. It's of no value. When he says 10 pounds, he's looking for something a little bit more. And he said to them, well, well, thou good servant. And he gives him 10. 10. He, so there are rewards that he's saying that could be obtained. Then the second come, he said, uh, that, that, that pound has gained five. So he took one to five. But then the last one, the last one, you... you uh, you can't say, I had something else to do. I didn't have time to serve. That won't work. There's other verses in the Bible that they say, oh, I got to go prove my this, and I got to go do this, and I got to, no, no, there's no excuse. I love it. Uh, you know, people get really sensitive when he says, here's a guy said, oh, let me go and bury my dad. He said, let, your, let the dead bury the dead. Come and follow me. Jesus Christ, it isn't, the guy's dead. It's a body. I can bring the thing back to life to now. I've done it several times already. That has nothing to do with it. If that right there means something to you, then you had to come back later because I'm moving on. And he'll move on and leave you. You say, but I don't want to be left. Well, then when he says, come and follow me, follow him. Don't waste the time, man. Don't waste the time. I've had people say, well, I, over the years, man. Well, you did this and you did this and you did this. Brother Dave was talking to somebody and said something to him. He goes, well, it's like the Navy. He goes, no, it's not like the Navy. The Navy was a part of my life that the Lord used to bring me up through to teach me some things. And all the way through there, I never, I never, I never sacrificed Jesus Christ for anything the Navy had to offer. Nothing. Amen. Everybody on those ships knew me. Now, watch this. Here I go. This is just, I need to say this, and then I'll try to shut up. I was in the VA the other day. <clears throat> I've got VA healthcare kind of. Uh, I was in the Navy, if y'all didn't know that. But uh, 
I go in there and they dilate my eyeballs and I was talking to the lady. And I said, man, you just like, this is like a torture shop up here. Because I'm really super sensitive to light and she's dilating me and she's a doctor and, and uh, she gets done with it and I have a pack. You know what I did? I've, I've started forcing myself to carry tracks in my pocket right here. I gotta have tracks, gotta have tracks. Don't get out of the car without tracks. Stop at the church, get tracks. Got a whole track around, get tracks. Put tracks in your pocket. You gotta have tracks. All I had was Holy Joe. Uh, I said, okay, that's good enough. Holy Joe is, he's a Holy Joe. So <clears throat> I put him in there, I go in, she does my eyes, and I'm like, oh, she's a doctor. And I'm trying to talk myself out of it. The Lord says, no, give her a track. I said, man, I said, but Lord, she's a, I said, no, no. I said, ma'am, I said, thank you for all you've done for me today. I said, may I give you a gospel track? She said, sure. So she takes it. She says, but you need to come back here in a year to have your eyes checked again. I said, okay. So she takes me about around the front. And at the counter there, there's a guy sitting there. He's an Air Force guy. He's been, uh, I think he's about 55, 60 years old, uh, 55 something. He's retired. He's got tattoos all up and down his arms and everything. Nothing wrong with that, but that's just, he was sitting there. And he, he says, uh, how about this time next January, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, hey, sir, can I give you something to read whenever you get a chance? And he goes, whoa! I mean, this is the guy. It'd be like Dave Spurgeon sitting there. Brother, that's, I mean, the guy was just intense. He goes, whoa! He goes, I haven't seen one of these in years, man. I mean, this is the way he's talking. In the VA. In up on the sixth floor. I hey, you, you were in the military. Did you ever see one of these? These things are great, man! And I'm sitting there going, whoa, this is unbelievable. This is fun. I said, this is fun. And we sit there and go back. He goes, oh, man, I was in the Navy. I haven't seen one of these in 25 years. He goes, I was in the Air Force. And he goes, I was at this place, man, and our staff sergeant would come in every day. Man, have you ever done that? I got called into my boss's office out at LexisNexis. And he goes, Elliot. I said, yeah. He goes, I found this. Uh, this was found over in Building 10. I said, sir, this is Building 1. This is a chick track. He goes, this was found in Building 10. You need to quit handing these out. I'm like, I said, there's nothing on there that says that I did it. How did you know it's me? He goes, you're the only one that do that. <laughs> uh, and he smiles at me. And he had to do that. He had to do that. Well, anyways, this guy goes off. And he tells that other guy, he says, hey, you, you in the military, did you ever see one of these? And he starts telling me the story about the, uh, about the staff sergeant. And he goes, hey, the staff sergeant. He goes, he used to come in. Oh, he'd get so mad. He'd open his drawer, and there would be one of them things. Man, he goes, who keeps putting these things all over the place? He goes, we love them. Said, Sam, we love them things. They're great stories, man. They're great. And he said, they're right. And you don't think nothing about it. While I was in there getting my eyes dilated, the door was there. And I mean, this, I mean, they were killing me. This girl kept walking by. This young lady kept walking by. Well, she was not young, but I mean, she's definitely younger than me. She's a nurse. <coughs> I just kept seeing her walk by. And it just the door, she passed by. And I'm like, what is she walking them down the hallway for? I didn't care. I go downstairs, and me being the coffee connoisseur that I am, I have to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks on the way out. So I go up, and this lady's sitting there, and she's checking me out. And this lady comes down, and she's there to get a cup of coffee. And something inside said, hey, man, buy her a cup of coffee. And I said, you know, I was up in, in coming home from someplace, and I pulled into a Starbucks probably six or seven hours from here. And, and uh, I went up to the, I ordered the stuff and went up to the door and or the window to pay for it. And, and she said, no, it's no charge. I said, what do you mean no charge? She goes, that lady in front of you paid for your order. <coughs> I said, no way, man. So she pulled over, had all of her kids. I went over and thanked her. And I gave her a gospel track and I went on. Well, I said, well, hey, I'm going to return the favor. So I, hand, I tell the lady, I said, hey, whatever she wants. I was hoping she wasn't going to get some of them foo-foo things that were like $13 a piece. But she just got a regular cup of coffee. That's all she got. And uh, I'm sitting there, and she goes, the lady that's behind the counter, a black girl, says, 
That's a blessing. She goes, ma'am, you better learn how to take a blessing. That guy right there trying to give you a blessing. You need to learn how to take a blessing. You don't see that much anymore. She, the lady says, you know, I've always heard of this happening, but I've never seen it happen. I said, yeah. I said, I said, somebody did it for me. I thought I'd do it for you. And I got ready to walk away, and she got hurt. She had black coffee, man. She said, she's cool. And uh, so I give her the track. No, she, she, I was walking away, and she said, I don't know how she knew it. She goes, well, I heard you were in the Navy. And maybe I was telling the stories up on the sixth floor or something. I have no idea. Somehow she knew I was in the Navy. So I, I said, yeah, I was in the Navy. She goes, and what did you do? I said, I was in ET. She goes, and she was really concerned. And, and, and you could see some, some sadness on her face. And she goes, my son's in the Navy, and, and he's an ET too, also. She, I said, really, man? I said, I had a great time. And we sit down there with our cups of coffee uh, in a hallway, man, just going by. And I gave her. I pulled out a chick track. And, and somebody said, I know who it was. It's the Lord. He said, give her a track. <laughs> I said, okay, man, that's a good idea. So I get my Holy Joe. That's all I got, man, is Holy Joe. <clears throat> and she picks that track up. And she goes, this is unbelievable. She goes, did you ever read Jack Chick's comic books? <laughs> And I'm sitting there, yeah, man, I used to read them all the time, man. I pass them out all over the ship. Them things are cool, man. And we just went off on that right there. She goes to some, her and her husband go to some church down there. Her son's in the Navy, and, and she goes, he's a smart guy. I said, yeah, if he's an ET, of course he is. I said, he's not a dummy. I mean, he can't become it. He can't become that. That's the pinnacle of electronics in the Navy, though. That's the highest level of training that you're possibly going to get. I said, he said he's bored. I said, I can understand why he's bored. I said, they changed everything. In 1985, they changed it all. I used to go component level, man. I could get intense with that stuff. Now you replace the whole thing, man. You don't replace nothing. You don't go down component level no more. Unless, and, and unless you're in some shop somewhere, and then you don't, you're really not in the action of the thing anyways. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, if I hadn't gave that nurse up there that track or that doctor, she would have never, when she walked me out there, then I would have probably never gave the other guy the track. And then this guy starts, I mean, he is going off, excited. That's the greatest thing in the wide world, man. It's, and I started looking. I said, Lord, you know, there's still some people that haven't, for 25, 30 years, he said he hadn't seen one of those. Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? We got a whole track full of them out there. Here's a guy for 25, you know what it is? We're doing everything else for the other 48 weeks, and we're not doing what the Lord told us to do. We have our meetings, and we have good preachers coming in, and they tell us what to do, and you get preaching all year round, but are you doing what you're doing? Uh, you know what a blessing is? My mom's over here at the nursing home. She irritates me to no end, <clears throat> and I irritate her to no end, but she loves me, and I know she does. But it's a blessing when I'm talking to Beth, and she'll say, uh, Sister Sue's over here talking to your mom. You know what my mom needs? Is somebody to come in that's different than me? He allowed her. My mom really never knew Beth uh, the whole time that we've been married. For all the years we've been married, for 33 years, she stayed down in Kentucky. She, she very, very little knew very little about her. Uh, here, since she's been up here, uh, she has come to know her very well. She knows me very well, and she still, she still has issues with me. <laughs> and it's just it's a blessing. I'm okay. But I thank God. I said, Lord, thank you that you sent another lady in here to talk to uh, my wife. And you know what the strangest thing about that is? When I prayed for that thing 43 years ago, she was the last one on that list to get saved after seven years. And I still don't know if she's saved or not, but the girl that I married was in her house, and her and her are now ganging up on my mom. 
How are you going to figure that out? You can't figure that out with a figure machine. You know what you got to do? You got to learn to trust God. You can't count on, on your, your, own, your own wisdom will mess you up because the devil knows how to tweak that thing. He says, let me, let me have Job and I'll, and you know what he could do? He could put balls from the head of your, he could put them from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet to change your response. And the Lord says, you got to trust me. I was reading my Bible and I looked at that altar incense. Just finished the bathroom. The last room that I know of in this building is that one right there. Like I said, there's some trim. The Lord said, the last thing I told him to build was the altar of incense. He says, Mike, you going to finish that last room? You told me he's going to finish it. That's the last one. Just go in there and knock it out. I said, okay, see what happens. You know, I don't know. What, nothing may happen. I may smash my finger in the process and, and cry and yell and everything else. Guy, I, I had two broken windows. I've been trying to get to these windows forever. Well, I found another one in the nursery. <clears throat> little kids, man, are, oh, they're terrible. I don't know whether they're outside or inside breaking the windows, but in any case, I, said, I thought about that. I said, well, they've been there for 70 years. I said, it's okay if they get broke every now and then. And uh, I called a place. They wanted 1300 bucks to come in here and replace those windows. Uh, I was going to have all six of them replaced in there, clear, and then three out front. And uh, I said, forget you guys, man. I said, I'll, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll call the glass company tomorrow. We'll get the glass. We'll put them in. I said, I ain't paying those 1300 bucks to do that. He goes, finish what you started. And he goes, don't forget, you've still got 47 weeks a year. What are you going to do those 47 weeks? He said, once you finish that last room, what are you going to do? I said, no, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. I said, I need to do something. I said, I need to get back to where you're at. I need to get back on, on page with what you're doing. Matthew, Matthew 12, 36, and I'll stop right here. He says, but I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. He gave me something in 1980, and I have been trying to increase that thing uh, for 43 years. I haven't looked for any help from anybody to increase that thing. That is what he's put in my hand for me to do something with. That's what I'm doing. I'm an introvert like you wouldn't believe, but th this is what he put. When Mike, me and Mike was talking today, I said, brother, I'm the same way. I said, I know what God stuck in my hand, and I'm more concerned about what he stuck in my hand than life itself. This thing right here is that important. And what the devil will do is he'll put all kinds of other things in your life around you to get that thing right there to be just like everything else. And that thing right there is the most important thing. And let me ask you a question. <clears throat> if the Lord came back right now, say to one, man, look at that. If the Lord came back right now, are you saved? Are you sure you're saved? Do you know for beyond a shadow of a doubt you're saved? If you say, yes, I'm saved, and I know the day and hour and minute I got saved. My dad, boy, he, I mean, 1957, he gave me day, hour, and minute he got saved. 1987, I would have never known he was saved in a million years. I, never, I see him do a lot of nice things and good things, moral things, but, boy, he's the best drunk you've ever seen and the most wicked man you've ever seen. I've never seen him do anything to God, for God. And that night when he gave me that, I'm like, he's got 30 years that shocked me. I said, he's got 30 years wasted. Wasted. Brother Dave said something to me a few minutes ago. He goes, he goes brother, he goes, a lot of times we don't learn these things till we get older in age, and nobody wants to hear them after that. Because <laughs> they all think they know what they're doing. Young people, I'm going to tell you, you don't. You may think you do, you don't. Uh, I wish I could have listened more to older people in my life when I was younger, and maybe I would have been doing what I should have been done earlier 
And maybe I would have been over with Mike Dobbins uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I tell you, I don't know what it would be, but I've learned those lessons. And I'm sitting there looking at the thing. And I'm like, Lord, there, there are some things that could be lost because we're worried about it. <clears throat> I do not worry about my four grandkids. Except Bella is learning karate now. She's probably going to try to kick me, so that might hurt. But we, I got Bella, Alex, Wally, and Riley. And I don't care about what's going to happen to those four kids. That's in the Lord's hands. That's his job. That's not mine. That's out of my pay grade. I've got, I've got, four, I've got five kids, and four of them are married. And I don't really have to worry about their marriages. That's in God's hands. You know what I want them to do is have a relationship with Jesus Christ and let God work in their lives. I got one more available. Come see me afterwards. We'll talk about it. <clears throat> and I don't, know what, I don't know what God has there. And I really don't have an idea what God's going to do for me in the future. I just know that he's telling me you got 48, 47 more weeks that you better start doing something. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I got it, man. I got it. I said, I got it. I got it. I got it. 47 more weeks. Yep, yep, yep. Doesn't matter what. You just got to put it off the wayside. You got to put it off the wayside. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Lord's coming back. Take care of what you can take care of, but remember, the Lord's coming back. Those three people that the nurse didn't give me a really, really good, but she didn't give me a negative response. But boy, the other two were extremely thankful they got those tracks. And it was amazing to me is that the last one took it further, and she knew about... Uh, the chick books, <laughs> the comic books. I'm like, man, I said, Lord, I would have never thought that with either one of those. He said, it's because you didn't hand them, you wouldn't have handed them a track typically. He said, have you thought about just always making sure you got tracks in your pocket? I was thinking, Lord, all the way down to the coffee place just for those two. I got down there and he added a third one in before I left. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost, that is. I don't know. I'm sitting there going, Lord, that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing. You know what? He sat there and he said, the Lord sits there, and I'm going to get back to the chapter. He goes, occupy till I come. Are you occupying? Are you setting your roots in? Is that what you're doing? You're wasting your time. Uh, I can't tell. The Lord could come back before the night's over. Uh, I was thankful, man. I came out here today, and I looked at the parking lot, and it had snow all over it. And I'd already done the, our, our driveway, but it started melting. I could see the other. I said, man, it's that maybe. Steve called me the other day and he goes, Oh, brother, I'm going to come to church on Sunday, and I'm going to shovel snow, but I'm not going to have my clothes on. I'm not going to bring my suit and tie. I hope you don't get mad, but if you do, you can yell at me in Wimbledon. He goes, I said, Steve, why don't you bring your suit and tie with you, and you change when you're here. We do got a bathroom back here now. And um, he goes, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Oh, he thought about that. He thought about that. He just, he was, and and uh, I'm, I'm thinking today, I'm like, I called Steve. I said, hey, Steve, I said, you can come tonight with your regular clothes on, and shovel snow. <clears throat> but the Lord blessed, and it melted all off by the afternoon, so it was good. I like snows like this. This is cool, man. These are the way you have snows. If you're going to have snow, you, you enjoy it in the morning, you, you let it melt off in the afternoon, and then you go about your business at nighttime. Things we can lose, and I'm done right here. There's one thing I don't ever want to lose is my assurance of my salvation. I never, ever, 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 ever. I, I sometimes do stuff that's stupid and wrong, and I know it's wrong, and me and the Lord shows him. I'm like, Lord, but I just want to thank you that I'm still talking to you about it being wrong. I still know you're listening to me about this thing being wrong and me being wrong, and I'm always wrong, and you're never wrong. And, and I'm still talking to you. I said, that's an assurance that he still got me. Your testimony is one of the key things you'll ever have in your life. 
You can spend years building that thing up and moments tearing it down. People look at you, man. They look at you. That lady down there at Starbucks could have heard me upstairs because she was on that floor. She could have heard me up there telling a story or something to the other doctor or one of the other guys. I mean, that guy at the counter was loud. He's worse than I was, man. And, and with two of us there, I mean, the whole you couldn't have been anywhere on that sixth floor and not heard that. But when I left there, she comes moseying down there, and she may have wanted to ask me something but was afraid to. And the ice got broke when I offered her to buy her a cup of coffee. You know, what's a cup of coffee? Two bucks something? I may never see that lady again in a million years. She's got a gospel track in her hand. She can go home and say, husband, honey, I was at work today, and a guy walked back and gave me this. You remember these? I'm sure if she knows about them, he probably knows about them. She goes, you remember these? Maybe there is some hope for my son out in California. I said, yeah, man. You can lose your testimony. You can lose your joy. There's a couple things I don't ever want to lose. First three right here is definitely that. I like being happy, man. I like, I like the joy of the Lord, and that's my strength. That's my strength. Nothing else on this planet gives me that strength. The, brethren, I'm telling you, there's not a person on this planet that gives me anything when it comes to Jesus Christ. I get what I get. I do what I do because of him. Nobody else. Well, I do bring wood in the house for Beth, but I'd rather do that or she's going to be a brawling woman in the corner of a house and all that other stuff, and there's a lot of problems with that. Health. Life, Ananias and Sapphira lost their life. They kept going after the wrong thing, man. They lost it. I mean, there comes a day when the Lord takes you out of here. I'm not praying for that. I don't care if that, I don't, I've seen it happen. Rewards in this life and inheritance in the future to come. Brethren, I'll tell you what, one thing I like about Jesus Christ is he's, he's fair, he's honest, and he's true. If I could give kids anything, you know what I'd give them? That, uh, that, well, what should I do in the future? I can't tell you. I have no idea. Because the my time you get, uh, if I take Bella, Bella's six yet? Seven. Wow. She's got 11 more years, and she'll be in college. Maybe. Maybe. Lord may be back before then. Well, what? do whatever you want to do. Or, or just set your heart to do something, and then go for that thing and let the Lord change it. But you know what I did? That's all I did on a back porch in Living Kentucky in 1980. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then that small, still voice, man, he said, do this. And I said, okay. I said, I've tried some other stuff. It didn't work out too good, but that sounds okay. I'll try that. And it worked. I'm like, hey, man, that worked. And, and this other little thought said, try that. And I said, okay, I'll try that. And that worked. And he said, try that. And I said, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct that path. It is a blessing that Brother Dobbins called me, and we got to sit and talk for a few minutes. <clears throat> and 33 years ago, me and him sit in a classroom together. And 33 years later, he's doing something over there, and I'm still doing something here. It is a blessing that you get a, a missionary letter from Matt Shrouse, and I knew his dad, and I knew little Matt when he was a little boy. And Matt is out there with his wife. <coughs> and eight kids <coughs> with a smile on his face in Brazil, right where the Lord wanted him. Brother, you know what you're missing in life? You go after this life, you're missing the Lord. You know what Job got? He went through a lot of hassle, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, but that he had to go through that thing to get to 42. The Lord knew in chapter 1 that to get to Job to 42, 42 through 41 had to happen. And in 42, Job sees the Lord face to face, and he's talking to him with boils all over him, top to bottom, 
and you don't hear him, hear him complain about one thing. To him, he's just happy he's in front of God. And the Lord resolves his problems and takes care of all the rest of us. I think he gave him back his ten kids. I don't have a problem with him resurrecting them from the dead. I have no issue with that at all. He can do it. If he can create a universe, he can definitely bring those ten back. Easy. He did it in two or three times in the New Testament. It's, it's nothing to him. It's chump. That's easy stuff for him. Job didn't ask for that. And he didn't ask for nothing else. He didn't say, God, why did you take my... He was just like in awe in front of God, in front of the Lord, right there. And he says, I shut my mouth. What more could you possibly say? You know what a blessing is? Is to be able to know him and the power of his suffering and resurrection. You got to know that stuff. The only way you can do this is learn it. You learn it through life, and you can't shun that stuff off. You know what the devil do is try to keep you from learning that. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, you said occupy until you come. Lord, we still got some time this year to do some stuff. Lord, it's a brand new year. Help us all, Lord, to get our minds in it. Lord, I'm not trying to put anything more on anybody else. I know what I'm going to do. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you put it on the hearts of some of the other people to do some things also. Lord, there's people out there uh, that just need to hear the word of God. They need to see somebody else, Lord, that's still standing uh, firm. And, Lord, when you come back, Lord, we need to make sure that what you've given us has multiplied into something else. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Be at the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <coughs> Excuse me.